dead or alive. I walked through the church doors one day, expecting to find life. He said, be ye perfect for God is perfect, but I'm sure my name is in Christ. Go out into the world and be an example. So I went out into the world and I tried. Falling short, the minister called me the devil. And that, I believe, is when my soul died. I was trying to live a life that I knew nothing about. A life that I couldn't possibly live up to. Being a babe and soldier in the army of the Lord is absurd, unthinkable, and downright cruel. And although I am only a child on this journey, you constantly tell me I'm the devil's seed. You never see the struggle and turmoil on the inside when tears fall by my bed while on my knees. You judge me on what it appears to be on the outside. You call me a sinner never having seen my heart. You judge me on what it looks like on the outer appearance, tearing me and my father apart. Fortunately, he comes down to see about me and not because it is part of his job. And my job is to give 10%, but if I give two, is there really a need for a lynch mob? So understand that all the praise goes to him. For him and only him has been there for me. So whether it is you or Paul himself, it is his love that continues to strengthen me. So I will pray for the holy minister of God. And preacher, you pray for me too. We both need prayer in our lives with you preaching the word and me seeing God through you. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome. This is your mirroring life coach, Larry Lou. And this is T3 Podcast, Transformation Through Truth. You all know how you can reach me, um, www.t3lifecoaching.org. And if you need any assistance being guided to the path of transformation, I'm your guy. Let's get to it. This is the last love style in this series. And it is called agape. Many of you know agape. You've at least heard of it. And I've said this before that it's kind of used in the religious arena a lot. And for good reason. And we will definitely um, get to that. But it is agape. And agape from what I can tell and from what I've read, I simply phrased it as the gift because only the supreme being, only the supreme being can gift someone this type of love. The primary goal, and you probably knew this too already, is that the primary goal of agape is to love unconditionally. That's the goal. Agape has no willful intent and endures no matter what. Now, this 
love style was very funny to me. I got a, a real chuckle, so to speak, out of reading this um, chapter and I was laughing at myself. Reason being is that as I read the chapter, the very first thing that it says is that it is a mixture, or I should say a compound of Eros and Storge, which is me. So I'm reading this chapter and I've heard of agape and it's supposed to be God's love and it's the greatest love. So I got to admit, I was feeling myself for a minute. Like, you know, I'm one of the the very few chosen with the ability to harness this love. And in my mind, you know, it's only so few. So, you know, it made me feel special. I was I was feeling myself. I got to admit. So the funny part came when I continued to read and read and read and read. And every time that I would read something in my mind, it's like, oh, I, uh, I don't know if this is really me, you know. But again, I want it to be me. I want to embody agape and if i am eros and store gay then it must be that i'm agape right so the very like first line or first two sentences <laughs> and i quote it says this love implies a duty or obligation to care about the other person whether you want to care or not and whether the love is deserved or not. And I always like to try to at least be real with myself. This is where I fall short. So this is why it was funny because one of the other things that Agape says, one of the greatest gifts and hardest thing that a person who embodies the Agape, agape love style can do is let their beloved go free, release them if they feel that it is someone better out there for them. And in all honesty, I have told my wife that a couple of times, not out of hatred, not because I didn't want to be with her, not because she's getting on my nerves, but there are times where I just feel like she could possibly be better with someone else because I'm not a finished product. It's still work to do for me. And because I do love her so much, her happiness means everything to me. So there are times where I feel like she should or she could be happier with someone else. And I would be okay with that. Will it hurt? Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. It will hurt. No ifs, ands, buts about it. But when I look at the bigger picture, she would be happy. She would be loved. She would be at peace or, you know, no stress. You know, maybe I might cause her more stress than the next man would call her, would, would, would cause her. And if that is the case, you know, I would want her to be with that guy whoever that might be and so that's why 
you know, it, it, it was kind of funny because I immediately focused on that, but I didn't focus on the love having to exist, whether, you know, one wanted to care or whether one deserved the love. Yeah, that's where I, I fall short. So to give my love to someone without expecting anything in return is where, you know, I really had to bail out. <laughs> and it was just kind of funny to me because it was the f one of the first two sentences in the chapter. And, and for some reason, I didn't let that register in my brain because that would have told me right away that, no, this is not the love style that you embody. And so even though this is the last love style that I will be discussing, the next episode I'm going to kind of just wrap everything up and kind of give a summary of all of them because the love style that I do embody and that some of you may embody will not be agape. It will be storge eros, which is different than eros storge, which ego, which eros storge is agape. And I'll explain that. Um, in the next episode because I, I told you I was focusing on six but it's really nine but I'm going to like a, again give a summary and try to bring it all home for us next time in the next episode but yeah so I, I thought that was funny um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people think that they probably embody the agape love style and you know if if, if you do I tip my hat off to you. I really do. Because after reading the chapter on on Agape, I have to agree with the author. And what he said was in his research, he didn't find a single person, not one, that embodied this love style in its totality. He didn't find one. The truly agape lover gives the kind of loving which the beloved needs regardless of the benefits or difficulties involved for the lover. And this here is just another reason why the author said he couldn't find one. But I will say this. There are instances where I'm pretty sure a lot of us embody agape on some some things or at certain times i can think of instances where i might have felt my wife did not deserve my love and i believe it goes both ways i mean there are probably some times where she probably just like you know why did i marry this guy why am i with this guy you know i might made her very upset about something and it, you know like i say it can go both ways i still let's say took her car to get to get a service or change or whatever uh, something went wrong with to take it up to the to the mechanic and have him fix it you know and sit up there even though i might not have wanted to maybe i maybe she had made me upset for whatever reason cooked when i felt maybe she should be cooking i still cooked i love her i might have been upset with her but i still did it i didn't get upset and just i ain't doing nothing and this and that and the other at times at times, can I sit up here and say it's 100% all day, every day, whenever things go 
in in disarray on on or from my perspective, I can't say that. I can't say that. And you know, one of the reasons I really can't say that is because now I just got through explaining the truly agape lover gives the kind of loving which the beloved needs regardless of the benefits or difficulties involved for the lover, right? So involved for me or for you. But one of my deal breakers is if we go out somewhere nice, you know, if we're going out to have a nice dinner and we're putting on some clothes to a theater or whatever, anything like that, there has to be heels put on. I love my heels. And this goes and speaks to my eros. This goes to my eros side. That idea of beauty, that's one of the requirements. That's one of the accessories that goes along with my idea. Beauty, okay, our heels. Don't have to be worn all the time. Personally, I would love that, but that's not what I require. But if we do or we are going out to somewhere nice and important and I require that, I just want to see my lady in heels. I do. And so if that is something that can't happen, the relationship would be over for me. And so as you can see, I don't embody agape. I don't embody agape. But I remember this was a long time ago. This was years. I can't even tell you how many years to be exact. But I, it's funny when I was reading this chapter, this, it, this came to my mind. I want to say Dr. Phil, but don't quote me on it. There was an t- uh, episode he had where I think there were swingers on his show. And he asked the man, the husband, why do you allow your wife to sleep with other men? The husband says, because that's what she wants. And I want to make her happy because I love her. Now, when that thought came to my mind and remember seeing that and hearing that, I can help but wonder, did this man embody agape or was he what most people would say? Uh, stupid, he crazy, something wrong with him. I, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know the man. I mean, could he? If I had to put some money on it, I don't think he embodies agape because agape a lot of times gets confused and lumped up with manic, the manic love style because manic lovers will do anything to save the relationship and so a lot of times the manic love style and the agape love style can look very similar from the outside and here's another example for you years ago i was on the job and i was really good friends and still am really good friends with the with the guy he's older than me and we always talk. We always talk about life. And, you know, he tells me some of the mistakes he, he made as a young man. And he tries to give me wisdom and, and guidance. And, you know, I'm going to eat it all up because that's just that's just me. But he told me about some of the mistakes and some of the things that he did. And 
if I hadn't witnessed it for myself, uh, I probably wouldn't believed it. But he was involved with a married woman that also worked with us. Again, plant life. I, t- I, I spoke about that a little bit. <laughs> we worked at the plant. And he was involved with a married woman. And the, the woman's husband knew that she was seeing my buddy. The woman, the married woman, had my buddy's child. The husband would not give her up. He said that she can be with him and do whatever, have his babies. But because he loved her so much, he couldn't leave her. But how can you give someone love? Or how can you have love for another when you don't even have it for yourself? And that's where a manic individual will try to say that they embody agape but there is a difference manic lovers are making sacrifices but they make them for selfish reasons see they will they will do any and everything because they have to have this relationship they have to feel love nothing makes sense without love quote unquote So they're only doing it because they want the relationship. They want the person. Agape, again, will freely or should freely release the beloved with no problem. Because that's what's best for the beloved without any animosity. And that's the difference. So if I if I was a betting man, I don't think he would or he embodied agape. He probably would embody the manic love style. Again, he might not take it out on her. He just takes it out on himself. There's no self-worth there. But I remember seeing that, and that came to my mind when I read this chapter. And because the, the, the writer, I mean, he said again, he couldn't find not one, a single person to embody this love style. I went to the Bible to get an example. And I think I found... One of the best, if not the best. In the book of Hosea, the first chapter, second verse, God commands the prophet Hosea to marry a prostitute. He said, Hosea, I want you to go over there. That prostitute, yeah, her. Go make her your wife. And the message is very simple for me. Very simple for me. God. The supreme being, the universe, who whatever you all want to call it, Allah, it don't make me any difference. But the supreme being says that I love you so much that even though you disrespect me, curse me, and do not show any love for me, I love you anyway. And the catalyst, again, is that God doesn't get anything out of it and he doesn't expect anything in return for him to love you. And I know some people out there, those diehard Christians are like, well, he expects us to live right. And, you know, he his word says this and his word says that. And that's that. That's the, the Christianity that only knows 
the outer mysteries. But when we get into the inner mysteries of Christianity, what we are required to do is put forth an effort. Because at the end of the day, all of our righteousness that we call righteousness, he even say it in the Bible, is as as filthy rags. So there's really nothing we can do. He, he doesn't need us. We need him. It makes sense to me because that is a divine love, not a human love. I love you so much that even though you disrespect me, curse me, and do not show any love for me, I love you anyway. You know, a lot of times God would say things to Israel. And if you know anything about, you know, the Christian religion and the Bible, he often will refer Israel, Jerusalem, you know, his people as his wife. Okay, like they were in a marriage. And even when Jesus came, he would speak about parables about, you know, the husband and taking on the wife, which he called the church and this, not the other. So this is a divine love, not a human love. That I can only see a supreme power being able to do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some people, you know, will tell you that you have to embody the agape love style. And I'm talking about a lot of religions. And I believe that they are destroying souls. Because ultimately, I believe this is what we should all strive for. I don't argue with that. But to shame a person or to make a person feel as if they are less than nothing, if they can't meet this standard is a disservice, to say the least. And that is what a lot of churches, that's their message a lot of times. And I think that it's a shame because they're destroying souls. But I do believe it is a standard that we all should strive for. But it is a divine love and not a human love. So I agree with the author that no one is worthy to be put in the category of agape. And again, in his research, he didn't find one. And just because we may not embody the agape love style doesn't mean that we don't have love in our hearts or that we don't qualify. Because there are a lot of instances where I struggle, right? Eros, I see something that is more of my ideal. And let's say it's not my wife. I could easily, if I wanted to, pursue that. But the sort, the store gay side of me intervenes and balances me out. Because if my Eros ever wants to act up, my store gay comes out and says, no, nah, no, nah, that's your best friend. And you are patient, compassionate, loyal to your best friend. That's what store gay does for me. So you see, they balance each other out. So that don't mean anybody who doesn't have that agape love style is just out here wilding out or something. It's not what it means. But if you need any further proof that you are probably not agape, this should leave no doubt. At its highest expectation, agape does not look for sexual gratification. If we talk about priests in the Catholic faith and how they don't marry and how they have taken a vow of celibacy, which is which is fine. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. 
However, they still engage in perverted sexual acts. And I'll just leave leave it there. Okay, we all know about the Catholic Church and some of the issues that the Catholic Church has. This is interesting, though. This is very interesting. A long time ago, the beginning Christians performed a practice called agapete, where men and women would sleep in the same bed to only enjoy the spirit of one another. Okay, they would make men and women sleep to show people how strong the power of the Most High was. So they would have these men and women sleeping together. Now, this was supposed to be proof of a man's love for God if he slept with a woman and did not touch her intimately. Okay, now this was a practice, common practice. The practice, however, was discontinued because too many women came up pregnant with children. And that's how it came to be where the church said, okay, you know what? It's, 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 it's better that we just go ahead and let y'all, you know, let men marry. But they even came up with a bunch of rules after that. They said, okay, you can get married, but the whole thing of you should only have sex to procreate. That's where all that, that stuff came from. Because their whole, their belief was you should not love anything more than God. And the energy that you put into someone else, all that should go to the most high. That was their belief and their faith. And I'm sure that there, there are still some that believe that, you know, and if that's what they believe and want to do, you know, more power to them. But a lot of women came up pregnant. So they did away with that custom. They did away with that. And if you still need a little more proof than what I just unveiled to you, here's here's something else. Because, you know, maybe you got that covered. Maybe you, the sex ain't a big deal for you and you can do that. I know Paul in the Bible, he said it's better for a man not to even touch a woman. He said, don't even touch her. He said, but if you got to touch her, then just go ahead and marry her. Because once you start touching her, things just tend to happen. But if you just you need a little bit more for whatever reason, I thought this was something else that proved to me that I don't embody agape. So the trademark, so to speak, for Eros, we know is the ideal image, right? The trademark for mania is what they do is they try to force emotions. We talked about that. Agape is selfless. They don't do any of that. It ain't about an idea image that was just focused on one individual. That's selfish for agape. They have to treat everyone equally. They can't show any any special treatment they can't signal out just one person and give that person all their love and no that's that that that's unfair and store gay if we throw store gay in there store gay self-sacrifice for his friends with no problem do anything for for their friends again patient compassionate shows empathy right that's store gay Agape self-sacrifices for its enemies. Can Storgay do that? I'm not convinced. So Agape, when you just look at it in its, in its totality, is a love that is unconditional. We, and I'm talking about me, I'm talking about you, 
we get in these relationships, whether it's, you know, in, in, interviewing for a girlfriend or trying to find a wife or a husband or a boyfriend or whoever, there are requirements that we want from this individual. Well, there are requirements. So right off rip, we don't embody agape. That's not who we are. It's something we should strive to be, but that's not who we are. And that's okay. Just keep striving. Keep working at it. Anybody who ever tries to do the work that it takes to grow, it's not easy. But you get up every morning, whether you say your prayers, whether you thank God, whether you meditate, to try to prepare yourself for the day. Trying to be intentional, which is important when you talk about transformation. You ha it has to be intentional. Then you try to prepare for the day because there's so many things coming at you that's trying to knock you off your square that you have to be able to stand strong. You have to be able to have the courage to do some things that you may not want to do. And it's not going to feel good. That's the other thing. It's not going to feel good. So don't even expect it to. If you're talking about growing and trying to transform into something better than you were yesterday. It's not gonna feel good. It's gonna be very uncomfortable, but it's meant to be. So agape is something that a lot of scholars believe is that it's just a love style that we strive for. It's the gold standard, if you will. It's the example. This is Larry Lou, people. Elevation is in order. Peace.